Welcome, everybody, to the Shaken Blake Show right here on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Blake Crawford alongside John Grove. How's it going, John? Not bad. It's just cold outside, and I was wearing shorts. So I, I, I'm used to the Kansas weather, so I, I, I wasn't anticipating, like, expecting a whole lot coming yeah, the, because now the season's going to get colder and colder. So. The holiday season is upon us. Got Thanksgiving next week, Black Friday, and then we're right into Christmas. I mean, you got any plans for the Thanksgiving break? Uh, just eating some good old turkey and mashed potatoes. I'm a big gravy guy, so uh, oh, yeah. I'm anticipating a lot of gravy. Just fill it up until all the turkey's all gone. So I don't know. I'm it's gonna be. I'm I'm looking forward to eating since I got my wisdom teeth removed last last year. But oh, I like w- during Thanksgiving when? Oh wait, is it? Okay, I I, I don't remember when, but. Okay. I didn't. I didn't eat as much as I wanted to last. Oh, season. okay. Yeah. Which what is gravy like your favorite Thanksgiving? Yes. Food? Oh, yeah. It's gravy. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I don't know what mine is. I'm trying to think. I mean, mashed potatoes and gravy. That's pretty you hard know, to beat. You know what? My... You know what'd be really good? What? Beef, and and Jayhawk meat. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were real. A real mascot. Anyway, we we have a great show for you. Also, my grandma makes this great sweet corn. It is ooh, ooh, so that good. Actually does sound Terrible good. for you, but it is amazing. Anyway, we have a great show for you. Talk about K State West Virginia. Cats on a four game winning streak, up to seven and three now. Things are really looking up for them, especially in this. This is a really pivotal game against Baylor. We'll talk about you know what kind of bowl games we might be looking at for bowl season. We'll talk about Skylar Thompson and the 32 seniors having their last game tomorrow, and then we'll do a little you know retrospective on Skylar Thompson's career. Uh, you know, cover some headlines. What else is going on? Volleyball, women's basketball, and then we'll cover the K State men's basketball team win over Omaha. But we start with K-State's 34-17 win over the Mountaineers last Saturday. Skylar Thompson, 14 of 19, 138 yards passing with a touchdown. Deuce Vaughn, 25 carries, 121 yards, has gone over 100 scrimmage yards in every single game this season. What jumped out to you last Saturday, John? Well, I, I, don't, I not only look at Deuce Vaughn and uh, Skylar Thompson's play, but I also look at Phillip Brooks, who held five receptions for 62 yards. And at times there were crucial moments uh, when K-State was at uh, third and long. Uh, and yeah, Thompson won a respectable 14 of 29. I mean, 14 of 19. I'm, I should say, uh, for 138 yards and a touchdown. He he certainly didn't have a couple passes that would have been picked by a decent middle schooler. Somehow dropped harmlessly, but onto the ground. But Cody Fletcher also led the team with with seven tackles and threw it in at at least an interception as well to put the cherry on top. So. Uh, this K-State team, they're playing with a lot of confidence, and they're seeing their expected expectations grow now with their uh, four consecutive victories. Yeah, I mean, during that three-game losing streak, you know, Chris Kleiman called for positivity in the media, and, you know, it didn't seem like things were, you know, quite as looking as up as they are now. I mean, here's Chris Kleiman on, you know, kind of the locker room culture and what, you know, the practices have been like the last few weeks for the Cats. I just enjoy being around the guys because they practice hard. They they joke and have fun, but they know when it's time to just you know lock in and make sure that uh, um, they understand the game plans and and hold each other accountable. But uh, uh, practice is a lot of fun with these guys right now. Now back to the West Virginia game. Some that uh, stood out to me defensively was the secondary. I mean, Russ Yeast was everywhere. You know, J Mac, Echo Boydo. I mean, Russ Yeast, he really had a special game with the, you know, the interception, which, I mean, it was kind of a gimme, you know, a huge mistake by West Virginia on the second play of the game. 
But, I mean, that secondary really did a great job shutting down Derek Dagey. It was 27 of 45, I believe 268 yards passing, which looks pretty impressive. But when you were actually watching the game, it definitely didn't feel like, you know, he had 268 yards passing. Yeah, and just I, I think if this one was more uh, against West Virginia than it was on K-State because going into the game, there's been a lot of inconsistencies with Jared Dagey in that West Virginia offense, and it was shown during that game what, what, in which you, you included the Russ Houston interception, uh, and just Jared Dagey was also uh, um, spending too much time in the backfield, uh, uh, forcing K-State's defense to come with a blitz at times. So just – a lot of a lot of things wrong. I mean, wrong with West Virginia in that one, uh, but K State's defense has definitely looked a lot more. Uh, they have they haven't allowed more than 17 points in any of the last three games. Held down held down schools like Texas Tech and uh, uh, I, I don't know. Texas Tech just seems like more of a high powered offense than yeah. And TCU showed three. some players early in the season too, putting up a lot of points on teams. And it's been it's been good enough to stay in every game and e- even in the three losses. I mean. Oklahoma State is just a, a different breed now compared to like what expectations were. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess giving up thirty-seven to a high uh, to a high-powered Oklahoma team is meh. We could we could have won that one. I mean Iowa State. Uh, there was some more. It was probably more on the offensive side, but defense had some issues. But uh, seeing this team just get the put the puzzle together. And like being more successful as the day, as the bleh, the games go on is just great to see. Yeah, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week. How you know much fan perception has changed about just winning the games that you're supposed to win. I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later with other Big Twelve and, games, but Iowa State's you know they've lost a couple of games that they really should have won against Tech and West Virginia, and it's really looking down for them. You know, Matt Campbell is in the coaching carousel conversation, but you know, get winning these four games have just been absolutely huge. And then something to mention as well. Only one penalty for K-State and three turnovers for West Virginia to the zero of K-State, which is definitely huge. And uh, here's Chris Kleiman on the uh, the cleanliness he thought that this game was. I thought it was our cleanest game we've played all year. You know, between the one penalty, um, the fact that we won the time of possession, we were able to run uh, the football out of big people with some 22 personnel, um, three turnovers. We didn't turn the ball over. If we don't turn the ball over, we have a chance to win every game. We were able to get three turnovers, had the punt block for a touchdown, had the kickoff return that set up a touchdown, had the interception that led to a touchdown, had the fumble recovery that led to a field goal. All those things, if you you know, you do you get the pick and then you go three and out, it doesn't really mean anything. It was the cleanest game and we were the most opportunistic we've been all season. Yeah, when you really think about it, this is a really true K-State game. You know, we stayed disciplined. We didn't beat ourselves up. Like, you know, Kleiman said, won the turnover battle, won the penalty battle. You know, 161 rushing yards for K-State to the 77 of the Mountaineers. And then he mentioned their special teams, you, coming in clutch. Now, uh, I mean, one, a couple of things that did concern me is it may, um, in terms of the pass rush, it looked a little bit back to yeah. what we were seeing against Oklahoma and Iowa State where – you know, maybe we would get pressure, but it seems like we did. We weren't really gap sound when it comes to you know covering our gaps, rushing the passer, and Jared Dagey was able to scamper out sometimes and you know get out, um, get out of the pocket, make a few plays, and we could just never seem to bring him down. It just looked a little bit too easy for West Virginia, especially in the third quarter when you kind of consider uh, the two tu- two uh, was it two consecutive drives they scored touchdowns on. Yeah, it just looked pretty easy for West Virginia in terms of finding their. 
uh, finding the players outfield uh, 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 open for Jared Daigie. And I think that's just kind of been a concern all around for K-State. I mean, they, they certainly haven't taken the advantage with Iowa State and Oklahoma. Uh, they they haven't done that with Texas Tech as well. When Well, in the first half, I, I should say. Um um, we'll see because because this Baylor team they're gonna while they'll be more known for running uh, running the ball if K State tends to stop that running game uh, they also have some wide receivers that can make some noise so K State's got to be a lot more uh, a lot lot more uh, prepared heading into this one this will probably be our biggest test since you know Iowa State or Oklahoma this mm-hmm. is a really good Baylor team you know they just beat Oklahoma last week but I mean something to mention about that Oklahoma game last week it was very it was a very messy game it's not like Baylor I don't even know if they really put their best foot forward Oklahoma definitely did not I believe there were four turnovers bunch of missed throws by Caleb Williams Spencer Rattler came in he did meh you know and I mean you know Baylor definitely had their ups and downs you know four turnovers in the game but I mean you know the one thing that stands out 297 yards rushing 148 by Abram Smith and uh, 107 for Gary Bohannon, I mean, those two are a lethal duo. Yeah, and we just saw uh, earlier this week Abram Smith, along along with Deuce Vaughn, very very named for the uh, Doug Cam Doug, Doug Walker, Walker, yeah, Doug Walker Award um, uh, for for the top running back. Um, so seeing Abram Smith just pl- play out like he's been doing great this year. Uh, they definitely found something special on the ground with not only Abram Smith but Tristan uh, Abner as well, paving the way for the nation's fourth best rushing attack. They crushed Oklahoma for, like you mentioned, 297 yards, ran close to 1,000 yards over the last four games, and now it's going against a defense that's been statistically terrific the past four games, uh, but they've only faced a true uh, strong ground attack. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Abram Smith already with 1,200 rushing yards. I believe he has 15 less carries than Deuce Vaughn and has 1,200 rushing yards. And then Tyquan Thornton is another guy to watch out for for Baylor. And then their defensive line as well is really strong. It's going to be key for offensive line to win at the line of scrimmage. And I believe the spread for this game was one point in favor of Baylor. I believe it opened as a two-point favorite for K-State, but I believe Baylor's favored by one point now, but I mean it'll be a really good game. Uh, you have a couple keys to victory, and then maybe we'll get a score prediction. Well, I think you just got to kind of can put up the overview first. Baylor is now knee deep in the mix for the uh, Big Twelve championship now, so they're definitely going to have a chip on their shoulder coming into Manhattan. Um, they might not they they might have two losses in conference play, but with the twenty-seven to fourteen win over Oklahoma, I mean, if they had if they have wins with K State and Texas Tech to finish the year. Uh, they're most likely going to go to the Big 12 championship if Oklahoma loses to either Iowa State or Bedlam next week. So you're going to have to put that into consideration. And Baylor just overall, like, bal- like they're overall balanced offensively and defensively. We'll see how their, gr- how their ground game uh, can handle this this really talented uh, rush defense that K-State has just been pinning players down like Letty Brown, um, uh, what's another that kind of comes into mind? Zach Evans. Oh, I guess he didn't no, play, he, did he? he didn't, no, he didn't play. Um, just I, I maybe Kennedy Brooks. You could maybe consider. Yeah, I mean, I would say even at, like obviously, Brees Hall had the seventy-five yard run, but I think after that I'll, run, I'll we did a, we did a, yeah, we kind of, we kind of, there were a couple him. of big plays, so, but I think for the most part, we did a reasonable job, you know, holding him. I believe he's only like four yards a carry if you don't count that seventy-five yard run. But since then, that defense has just definitely. 
uh, looked like they've shown they've shown some life. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I, I and I think K State just has like they did against West Virginia, avoid the little mistakes, the costly penalties, uh, the amount the amount of turnovers that they'll have. Uh, so it'll be interesting because Baylor's defense is really good as well. They'll they'll mm-hmm. give. Skylar Thompson and crew run for his money. Yeah, they'll be really good. It'll be interesting to see what we do with the passing attack. You know, I mean, we mentioned only 138 yards passing last week. I mean, this has kind of been, you know, we did it with the, the trivia earlier. This is kind of a, an exception in terms of K-State passing the football, you know, almost, you know, probably like 212 yards a game now, which is pretty, you know, not really normal for a typical K-State offense. Usually like to just pound the rock. So it'll be interesting to see how many passing attempts we get. I'm sure that'll go with the game flow and whether we're down or not and, you know, if we want to well, um, control you, the pace. you got to take this into consideration because during the Oklahoma – like before the Oklahoma game, Thompson was clear to go, but he wasn't at full strength with his feet. So running was clearly not – was clearly a limited option. So we had to use his throwing game, and that and surprisingly – well, surprisingly when we first saw it – like it was capitalizing just seeing the amount of wide receivers that were able to con- connect with Skylar Thompson and that's just pretty much been working uh throughout these past few games yeah and it's really obvious there's a ton of talent at the wide receiver position with Malik Knowles Philip Brooks Landry Weber you know even guys like Tyrone Howell yep. we saw a little bit of RJ Garcia and you know those guys are really going to be key Cade Warner and of course Daniel Amator baby you know I could go on but, you know, that'll be definitely uh, keys going on. And, of course, you know, Deuce Vaughn, we've talked about Joe Irvin, who, you know, we, we both really like. He got, I believe he got nine carries for 31 yards last week. On the, we'll first, try and- on the first drive especially, he showed he, sh- he showed some Deuce Vaughn flair getting through the holes. Uh, near, near, uh, got a big run uh, after the West Virginia turnover. So, actually two runs if you include the touchdown. So, Definitely, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he how he grows uh, as a player. Uh, he'll show some light, and I'm and I'm very intrigued to see how Baylor handles the dual threat of Deuce Vaughn and Joe Irvin. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. But we got to mention, you know, it is Senior Day. Thirty-two yeah. seniors. It's a pretty big class. Now, obviously, a few of them have the option to come back if they want due to the COVID year, granting an extra year of eligibility, which we'll be doing for a while. But here's uh, Coach Kleiman on managing the emotions of Senior Day. Well, ultimately, you're still playing a football game. And um, I'm an emotional guy, and it's hard for me with these guys that you've spent time with and you've built relationships, and um, they've meant so much to the program. They've meant so much to our coaching staff, myself. Um, And you got to let them enjoy that time, too. And then it's time to go go play. I think the bigger thing that I've always tried to look at is if you're not going out there for senior day, boy, it's your duty. It's you got to honor these guys with your play. You got to honor these guys with your preparation throughout the week. You got to honor those guys with how much this game means to you to try to find a way to get a win for those guys because for those guys it's an emotional game. It's an emotional day. Shoot, I just had one last week at the Manhattan High School football game when my senior got done playing for the last time. And I've been there as as a dad now. I've been there as as a player. I've been there as a coach. I don't care. That's hard for those guys. It, it is you're emotionally spent when you know this is your last chance on that field. Boy, just seeing that high school football game in person, it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest for my school, my former school, but. Uh, definitely a lot of connections with Chris Kleiman and the football team. Like they were the ones, like just kind of with a starting point with Kleiman. Uh, kind of uh, they were kind of hanging to where uh, like where Snyder left off. Um, and 
and climb has uh, picked up the pace all of a sudden. Uh, and just seeing the connection with Skylar Thompson and uh, Chris Kleiman, knowing during like some of these situations, I think during the West Virginia game when it was fourth and long, uh, the connection to Skylar Thompson to Sammy Wheeler, that was all Skylar Thompson. Uh, the, the coach, the coaches relied on Skylar Thompson to make keep that uh, to kind of dictate the offense a little bit, and just seeing some of that, just seeing some of that leadership just step up at. at, at crucial times it just shows how, how much devotion how they've put into this uh team and uh, in this university yeah it's really tough to you know put a, a number on how much value Skylar Thompson has brought to this program especially this year with his leadership and you know how much he has learned over the years and how, how, how well he knows this offense and you know the confidence he has on fourth and eight to be drop be able to drop a play like that you know I think he mentioned that you know they were running a lot of cover three and he knew that scene would be open and you know he, he put an absolute dime to Sammy Wheeler and they were to get a key first down, which is absolutely huge. But for K State versus Baylor tomorrow, we got to get a score prediction from you, John. How much is K State going to win by? Obviously, and yeah. why do they win? Well, I hope you don't jinx it. Well, we got to find some wood to knock on. But there you go. Is that is this wood? I have no clue. Um, there's some there's some wood behind it you. It feels like wanna, wood. There, there's some wood behind you if you want to knock on that. But uh, it's senior it's senior night in Manhattan. Hopefully the fans turn out because that'd be extremely disappointing on our part if that's yeah, not the case. Yeah, I hope it's a packed Bill Snyder um, Family Stadium. It's gonna be cold. Uh, like as the night as it keeps getting darker and darker, it's gonna get cold. I think just K State just a little bit at the end. I think potential overtime game against. Uh, and we'll see how things go. I, I, and you gotta take this into consideration as well. The only two road wins in the Dave Aranda era for Baylor uh, has been Texas State by nine points and and Kansas. So that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. I think K State's gonna win, but I think just and a little bit of a fervor uh, pre- prediction. I think Dave Aranda wins co- Big Twelve Coach of the Year. Just yeah. seeing to where Baylor was with COVID, I think that I think it's gonna be a great game nonetheless. Yeah. Well, I need a score, John. Give me a score. A score. 24-21 Cats. I was going to say 27-24 K-State, obviously. Yeah, I agree with you. Dave Rand is probably the Big 12 coach of the year. Just seeing just seeing where they were at last year. I mean, you, you, yeah. want, you want to say that K-State has dealt with COVID issues. It was even worse down in Waco. They had to cancel so many non-conference games, conference games. And, man, it was just absolute chaos down there. Yeah, and now uh, getting to some possible bowl games. K State right now at seven and three. It definitely seems possible. You know, if we can manage a win against Baylor, Texas is looking very beatable right now. Nine and yep. three is definitely on the table. Um, you know, if we were to lose these, go seven and five. Uh, mm. You know, we're probably looking at you know Texas Bowl, Liberty Bowl, probably maybe first responders, some like guaranteed rate bowl and Phoenix. A lot. I think, uh, I don't I don't know about first responders bowl. I think that's like right on the like bottom of a totem pole for that's like That's the, probably like a Texas Tech bowl game. Yeah, it's like a Texas Tech TCU if they if they make it to a bowl game. They probably won't. I don't know. <laughs> there's don't already know. there's already six bowl eligible Big Twelve teams and the rest are four and six. Let's so. see wait, so TCU they play Kansas and then they play West Virginia. Oh well, I, I I don't know. I'll look at it later. Yeah, we'll have to look um, it up. But I think, I think, but I as a K State fan, like we've been to San Antonio, we've been to Arizona many times. Yeah, we've been to Memphis as of late many times. 
How about we do our trip down in Orlando? How about a little cheese it Bowl action on December 29th? I woke 29th. up feeling the cheese, yes, coach. <laughs> Cheese, cheese, cheese. cheese. Yeah, that that would you know, <laughs> it would be n- nothing would make me more happy than to see Coach Chris Kleiman just I, I, just covered in cheese. It's how how cool would it be too if K State potentially potentially plays a team like Clemson in the Cheese It Bowl? As that a, would be interesting. Now, as a K State fan, especially with the Brett Venables connection, that would be crazy. Not if if it's like the Texas Bowl or the Liberty Bowl, then I can get behind that. But I want to see K State play like a power SEC school, like yeah, Florida, Auburn, not Mississippi State. I was gonna, yeah, Mississippi State. Don't want to play Mississippi Texas State. Texas A and M. They might get a better bowl nah, game. They'll I get don't a know. better bowl game. Yeah, uh, maybe LSU, Tennessee. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see as the weeks progress. You know, only two more games left. But we're going to hear a quick word from Tanners, and then we're going to get into Skylar Thompson's legacy at K-State. And we are back on the Shake and Blake show with John Grove. My name is Blake Crawford. Now we'll start out with a couple of clips to play here, talking about Skylar Thompson's legacy. Here's what Chris Kleiman said on what he'll miss most about Skylar Thompson. Comes to work every day, wants to get better, uh, challenges his teammates to get better. I think that's the the sign of a, a great, what we would call a servant leader. The servant leaders make everybody around them better. And um, just his presence in, in the locker room, his presence uh, on the practice field, his presence in the hotel, um, you know, he just has confidence to him. And guys feed off of that confidence. And... Uh, uh, now that I get a chance to to sit in and watch some film with him, um, just he and I, or he and I and the QBs, and sit with he and Colin, it's just uh, how much he's grown from that re- from that regard as far as understanding the game of football and understanding what defenses are trying to do, the whys of things. Um, he's he's worked his tail off at it since I since I arrived here of wanting to know more and more and be a sponge and uh he's got a he's got a future in this game playing and um when that ends he'd have a future in this game coaching what do you think about that john skylar thompson possibly trying to play at the next level maybe get a coaching gig after well you know i mean when he was injured last year he kind of spent some time up uh with the coaches kind of discussing the plays i mean he did, he he was he was just kind of looking to kind of explore some of these plays more often that the coaches had while while Thompson was injured. So maybe he has a little bit of insight to that. But uh, he he's just a great like he's a, he's a leader. Like there's he's there's no other way to put it. Like he is a straight up leader with with the way he's like carried his team for certain times when whether it's Oklahoma. Or whether it's coming back from down, uh, even getting even getting prepped for games like Kansas, like there's always like game, there's always like moments where the team has to rally behind Thompson, and just seeing his uh, positive positivity that he brings to the to the locker room, uh, it just shows like that's going to be something K State's going to miss the most uh, once when he leaves, uh, because. We've seen we've seen quarterbacks like Colin Klein, uh, Jake Waters. They weren't as vocal as what as what a Skylar Thompson is to this program, uh, to what to uh, this team. And you know, for for a 
coach like Chris Kleiman, that that was his first quarterback he, he's he's uh, worked with. So de- it's definitely going to be a big change for K-State here in the next few years without Thompson. Yeah, I mean, just based on what you hear from players and coaches, it seems like Skylar Thompson's a guy that, you know, they love to play for and, you know, they really look up to. You know, Clement said he's a, he's a huge competitor. You know, and it's been a lot of fun personally just, you know, being able to watch him grow. I mean, in terms of, you know, if he's got a shot at the NFL, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, I would have said, like, no way. Like he's like he's way I, too panicky in the pocket. He's, he's you know he's a little crazy with his arm. He tends to you know want to run a little bit too much. But I mean this year it seems like you know maybe he could get a shot. I mean the fact that he's a sixth year senior. I'm not sure how old he is, but I'm gonna guess like Joe Burrow and like Trevor Lawrence are like yeah. uh, probably a year or two older than him already in the in there in the NFL. So that might work to his disadvantage. But I mean you never know. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting as well. Uh, I think at first. Uh, you got to deal with, with the help of Skylar Thompson. If you're like one of these N- NFL teams looking at at Skylar Thompson, you got to be lo- looking at is is that foot is that leg uh, good for like health health purposes as well. Uh, Dang it, I kind of lost my track of thought of where I was going to go to. Well, you know what? I can play a, a clip of Skylar Thompson, give you a chance okay, <laughs> to that, think about it. Okay, that works. We'll come, we'll come back to you if you, you think your point. But here is uh, Skylar Thompson, obviously, last year was injured, and you know we weren't 100% sure if he was going to come back this year. So here is him talking about kind of the, the weirdness of having a senior day last year and getting a second one uh, this year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, it's kind of weird, um, <clears throat> especially because, you know, last year it was in the back of my mind that I was probably going to come back. And so I somehow had to fake that it was, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that it was, uh, um, my last one, but, uh, <clears throat> but I was, that decision wasn't made, uh, either. So, um, <clears throat> but I think, you know, obviously, last year we weren't able to have our families down there, and it was just a lot different than how it will be this year. And so to have a normal ceremony, and we have 32 seniors, which is a lot, which is awesome. So uh, I'll be excited to, you know, have my family down there and, you know, and for sure know that this is my last one. You know, it's it's obviously uh, it, it means a lot, so I'm excited for it. Uh, and I – I guess, and I think this is kind of weird, just on a, on kind of a people like who's been around this program because I know we like we kind of given some uh, criticism towards Skylar Thompson at times. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that like the outside, like outside of K State, a lot of people are saying Skylar Thompson's capable of like being a potential NFL quarterback. But I guess a lot of people at K State haven't been seeing it. Well, been they've been more critic critic uh, the. What's what's critical? critical. Yeah, they're they're more critical. Um, uh, they've just been more critical of Thompson at times, and I just think that's just because of how how long we spent time with him uh, overall, and just kind of kind of being kind of like a mom out here, just being <laughs> cautious of of like He's, saying, of being prepared, just to kind of see your son get ready as as he kind of gets ready, whether it's a game or. Something else, so I, I don't know. That, Are you saying I mean. you feel like you're Skylar Thompson's dad? What? <laughs> what? I, I don't. I did not. I'm uh, not really it, sure where you were going with that point. I just think it's. I just think it's interesting <laughs> that 
as there's more people on the outside world, like yeah. just taking more notice of Scott. Oh, I, I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said you felt like okay, I see what you mean. Okay, like you, you <laughs> confuse me sometimes, Blake. I'm not gonna lie. I just I just tried to put a quick little spark notes on your no I'm just kidding okay and then oh I got one more clip to play we're gonna uh, you know Skylar uh, trying to give thanks to all the people who helped him along the way to get him to where he is now I'm just very very grateful for you know my coaches uh, that I've had since fourth grade till now and my family that supported me all all through the the whole way and. Uh, my friends and, and teammates and just so many people that have uh, been part of my life throughout this whole journey and has never given up on me. You know, that's that's the biggest thing for me. And it's never been about, you know, proving the people that doubt me wrong. It's about proving the people that believe me right. And that's always, you know, been my, my mindset. And I have a great group of people around me and supporting cast that I love very much. And it's going to be a special day. I got probably... 50 to 60 family members coming in this weekend. So um, I'm very excited, and I know it's going to be a special weekend for for my family as well. I mean, and what a journey it really has been for Skylar Thompson. I mean, it started all the way back in 2017 versus Texas Tech, came in in the second half, made a comeback to force OT, and he was able to connect with Byron Pringle in OT to give the Cats the leading touchdown to win 42-35 to in overtime. Thompson looking, fires. A catch and a touchdown for Byron Pringle. And I mean, who could forget that, you know, that same year at home with, as time was expiring, yeah. you know, running for what felt like an eternity left to right and is able to find Isaiah Zuber in the back of the end zone for a 20 to 19 win over Iowa State. There's the snap. Two step drop. Looking left is Skyler. He'll have to hustle. Throws back to the right side. He will try to throw the ball into the end zone. Touchdown in the back of the end zone. Zuber's got it. He's got it. No time left on the clock. K-State has won the game. Unbelievable. K-State always beats Iowa State. I don't know how, but it happens. Ten in a row. The longest winning streak against K-State. I am going to pass out. I'm about ready to fall. My hair's going away. I'm sitting back down. K-State wins. K-State wins. Uh, that was back when K-State was dominating the rivalry, but it was dominating and, like, all the games were so close. Yeah, I believe that that made it 10 in a row, I believe, Tenor. beating Iowa State. 10 in a row, yep. And then, you know, 2018 was a bit of a, you know, a mixed year, you know, splitting time with Alex Delt. But in 2019, you know, he was able to help Chris Kleiman start out his era with a bang, able to beat Iowa State thanks to four rushing touchdowns from Skylar Thompson. Thompson at the goal line. That was Oklahoma. Who did I, did I? Who did I say? You said Iowa. State. Oh, I said Iowa State again. I meant to say Oklahoma. Hey, it, it's all good. Words I, are hard. <laughs> anyway, the very next year they did it again against Oklahoma, and beating them thirty-eight thirty-five in a huge comeback. And then here's Skyler's rushing touchdown to make it twenty-eight thirty-five in the fourth quarter. Thompson out of the shotgun, runs it himself. He's got. And then a couple of injuries along the way, unfortunately. But Skyler is ready to finish his career at K-State strong by picking up a win in his last game, last home game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium against the Bear, Baylor Bears. But I'm going to ask you, John, 10 years from now, how are we going to remember Skyler Thompson? I'd probably say, well, 
just one that just popped up in my head. It's probably being Oklahoma's dad throughout the past few years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could probably even say that he dominated Oklahoma this year with the way his passing game uh, uh, um, just looked overall. Um, but I'd probably say, like, the Oklahoma one comes up, comes in mind. I'd say just being there for so long, uh, just playing quarterback, like, from that Texas Tech game, what was it, 20, 2016, right? Was it 2016? 2017. 2017. I mean, that's that's a that's a long time. That that's that's like longer than the iPhone too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but just seeing just seeing him uh, not being a not being a quarterback next year, it's going to be different. You know, it's going to be kind of like Sam Ellinger when he was at Texas. Like the lo- it's kind of it's kind of interesting because these two quarterbacks. They've gotten a lot of support, like from the fans, because they wanted what's best for the team and what and what the team needs is leadership. And both quarterbacks were able to provide a l- a ton of leadership, even when they weren't at, at at their full strength, or even when they were like like just throwing dimes, running the dang ball every single time. Uh, so just a great career overall at K State. Uh, also. Not, not. It's pretty rare to be coached by two legends, two legends in the name in the game of college football. Chris Kleiman, who's won many FCS championships at North Dakota State, he's got K State rolling. I mean, Bill, you can't forget about what Bill Snyder's done with K State as well. Yeah, I was about to say he's, you know, he was sort of the connective tissue from the end of an era and the start of a new one, with you know being there for the last two years of Bill Snyder. And then being here for the uh, the start of the Chris Kleiman era, you know, I think it was really helpful. You know, in 2019, you know, we mentioned he was, you know, there was a bit of a quarterback competition between him and Alex Delton. And in 2019, it was, you know, hey, like, you're the guy. You know, Chris Kleiman reassured Thompson, like, you're our starting quarterback. Like, you're our guy for the future. And then this leads to my next question, which is, is Skylar Thompson on the K-State quarterback Mount Rushmore? So mm. let me, let me, let me help you out a little bit here and give you some contenders and a couple of stats. So I think I think the first two are like my first contenders are pretty much locks. Michael Bishop. Yep. Uh, I mean all I really need to say he was the best player he, on the he, best K-State team ever. The best K-State team that just was yeah. went overtime away from playing in the national championship. Yeah, I mean 10th most passing yards all time, 4th most passing yards in a single season, second most passing TDs in a single season with 23 runner-up for the Heisman Trophy, won the Davey O'Brien Award, won the Fiesta Bowl in 1997, made the Alamo Bowl the next year, 22-3 and record at K-State. And, I mean, he might be the most talented football player to ever put on the uniform of the Wildcats. So I think he's definitely deserving to be up there. And then Colin Klein, to me, seems like a lock as well. You know, Big 12 champion 2012, one bad game against Baylor away from a Heisman in a national championship, eighth all-time in passing yards, most rushing touchdowns in a career at K-State, Eighth all-time in passing TDs. Has the top two single-season rushing touchdown seasons in 2011 and 2012 with 27 and 23, respectively. Made the Cotton Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, which you lost both of, unfortunately. But, but you know, hey, you got, are, you got to that point, you, so that's that's a good You played two really good season. teams in Arkansas and Oregon. 21-5 and five record. So to me, I feel like those two guys, I think there's not really going to be much of an argument For putting sure. them up there in the top four. Now, this is where things get interesting. I'll go ahead and just name the rest of my contenders for these last two spots. So Jake Waters, Skylar Thompson, Chad May, L. Roberson, Josh Freeman, and then at the last minute I just threw Jonathan Beasley in there. 
just to, you know, for the heck of it. So there's eight total guys for four spots. So Jake Waters, 2013 to 2014, fourth most passing yards all time, has the single season record for most passing yards in a season, 3,501 in 2014, second most passing TDs all time. He's one of five K-State quarterbacks to throw for 400 or more passing yards, seated against West Virginia, uh, won the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, lost to UCLA in the Alamo Bowl. And, I mean, I was watching some of his highlights. He might want be one of the best arms to ever play at K-State. Um, and just as well, like, he was at times when he got hit the hardest, he just always got back up. Like, no matter how many hit, no matter, uh, bleh, no matter how many shots he's taken, he always got back up. And kind of going, like, looking back to some of the highlights, like the Oklahoma game back in 2014, he was he was showing a lot of uh, tr- leadership and just consistency all around. Yeah, it was a signature game for Water. Now, a couple of things for why he might not make it. He wasn't a huge running threat. I believe he only had – I mean, he could run the ball, but he only had 765 career rushing yards. Uh, he was competing with Daniel Sams for snaps, which no offense to Daniel Sams, who's a solid quarterback, of course. But, you know, if you're, wanna, if you're Jake Waters trying to be, you know, a top four K-State quarterback all time, that kind of is a, you know, a bludgeon on your record. Yeah, I think you also kind of have to throw it in. I don't know if it, it's not it's not all all on his part, but you gotta also consider the fact that K State lost to North Dakota State in 2013. Yeah, so we'll back hold, when he was playing time with Daniel Sams. Yeah, so then we'll hold uh, put a pin in that on Jake Waters. Get to Skylar Thompson, 2017 to 2021, second most passing yards all time. He's one touchdown away from getting the second most pa- passing TDs of all time. Uh, he's technically won the Cactus Bowl, but not really. I mean, he was like three of seven in that game or something. Yeah, to and they bring in Alex Delton for that. Yeah, and yeah. they played UCLA's backup quarterback. I mean, you know, he made a Liberty Bowl appearance. I mean, so, you know, the case for him is he's got, you know, he's a ton of time at K-State, second most passing yards. He's racked up kind of like the all-time type things. And, you know, and the things he does off the field as well, being a leader led, and things like that. K-State to two wins over Oklahoma. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you and had a had a great game in, in his uh, this year as well. Uh, yeah, the play against Iowa State is obviously a signature one that we'll be like talking about for a while. But I mean, you know, and had, just really being the puzzle for the K State offense because yeah. it's just like without Thompson, this team has been struggling offensively, and we'll see how things go next year. But it, it did not look the same with Will Howard, Jaron Lewis, uh, Max Marsh. If you ever want to put him in there. Well, we'll see. We'll see how things go uh, for a future run. But he he was the glue that that stuck this K State offense together. Yeah, and then something that you know, some things you could say like against Skyler. You know, he had to split snaps with Alex Delton his first two years. I mean, he was a freshman and a sophomore given, you know, but he still had to split time. He doesn't have a bowl win yet, which obviously could change. And, you know, when you know he was it's partially responsible change. for going. Okay, it's going it's to conf- change. I know. You got. You got. I like come it. Out. Football cylinders. But, you know, they had a losing season in 2018. Obviously had the injury in 2020 and 2021, so that could go against his record. But getting to Chad May, now obviously we both weren't born. I was negative eight when Ch- Chad May was at K-State. But, um, you I know, can't do math. I don't, I don't know how, how long I was missing. <laughs> it's not important at all. <laughs> anyway, he does have the single-game passing yards record. He threw for 489 yards in 1993 
against Nebraska was like won the Copper Bowl, which is K State's first bowl win in school history. So basically, the gist of, I get of Chad May is he kind of is like the first big K State quarterback in the Bill Snyder era to put them on the map, and you know, uh, you know, he got them in the AP top twenty-five for the first time since nineteen seventy. You know, he's one of the like yeah was the quarterback for K State's first really good teams in '93 and '94. The one who re- like pretty much for via the quarterback who's kind of set the standard for K State uh, back in the early 1900s. I think you probably have to put him up there just because he was one of the guys who's brought K State back up from the dead. Uh, I don't think El Robeson would be considered because most of because I think most of the offensive production came from Darren Sproles. So I don't I don't know. Well, well you can probably pin it down, but I, I'm that's just not who I'd bank on. You wouldn't put El Roberson in your Mount Rushmore. Well, yeah, that's actually who I have up next. You think so? Well, I mean, he's just you know I think there's an argument to be made at least for him. I mean, you know, he's a Big Twelve champion, two thousand three Fiesta yeah. Bowl appearance. He's one of four quarterbacks to rush for a thousand yards and throw for four thousand, alongside Colin Klein, Skylar Thompson, and Michael Bishop. So that's pretty good company. That's pretty good. And company. I believe. Him and Colin Klein are the only two to rush for 2,000 and throw for 4,000. But uh, seventh most passing yards, fourth most rushing yards, third most rushing touchdowns, has the single-season passing touchdown record, won the Holiday Bowl, but, you know, he competed with Mark Dunn until the middle of his junior year for, um, for you know, a starting spot. He missed a month with an injury, which obviously caused the Marshall loss and losses thereafter, but still managed to get into the Big 12 championship which is a signature win for K-State, even though, you know, Darren Sproles did put in a lot of work. But, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest upsets in college football history. Yeah, I mean, that Oklahoma team back in 2003, it was the best team hitting into the K-State game. Like, nobody nobody besides K-State hitting into that game would have been able to compete with Oklahoma at all. Yeah. But K-State showed out that game. Um, I I guess one more I think about it, you could probably make a case, case about L. Robinson. I don't know. I I might have to just see more like historic, like historically, like kind of when we pass the point of Skylar Thompson, like yeah. um, like as we get deeper into the Chris Kleiman era, yeah, kind of just see how things play out and well, like a, a kind of a numbers, but I I think the I guess now the more I think about it, I'll put L. Robeson in my top three okay. along with Michael Bishop and Colin Klein, yeah. And then I'll go ahead and give you the last two here. I'll do them quickly, and then you can give me your fourth person. Josh Freeman and Jonathan Beasley are, I think, the last two people we could consider. Freeman from 06 to 08, career passing yards and touchdowns leader at K-State. Second and fifth most single game passing yards. He threw for 478 versus OU and 404 versus Oklahoma State. He's the only quarterback to throw for 400 yards multiple times. He was the highest-rated recruit to ever come to K-State, but, I mean, no bowl game appearances, has a losing record, and, I mean, it just doesn't really feel like he's that connected. You know, it was during, you know, when uh, in between stints for Bill Snyder, so it just, you, I don't know, it doesn't really feel that, he doesn't really feel that special. I mean, you, he was coached under Ron Prince, so, I mean, yeah. as, as a case That didn't guy, help we, him a we, ton. We, we can't talk about Ron Prince. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, then we'll get to Jonathan Beasley, who's kind of sneaky, seventh most That's passing touchdowns, one, yeah. ninth most passing yards. Um, a, a, just a hair under a thousand uh, career rushing yards, almost made that four thousand one thousand club. But he's won the Cotton Bowl and the Holiday Bowl, made a two thousand uh, Big Twelve championship appearance, twenty one and four record from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. I mean, he was kind of a sneaky guy, you know, in between, you know, a nice connective tissue between Michael Bishop and L. Roberson. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and just kind of when when the Snyder when the Snyder like when things were when you were kind of anticipating for K State to be a little bit younger, fresh off a of 1998 uh, season, uh, players like Jonathan Beasley they kept the standard for for Bill Snyder football. Uh, in terms of being a consistent team that goes bowl eligible, doesn't make many mistakes. Uh, I think you got to put. I think you might have to put him up there. I I think at this point you it's either between Jonathan Beasley. Ooh, and then, it's tough. It is tough. Yeah, I, it's I, kinda, I don't think I don't think I can say a fourth one. Yeah, so we got Michael Bishop, Colin Klein. You said L. Roberson. Oh, I, I guess I guess now it is uh, John. I'm gonna go Jonathan Beasley. Okay, so that's your four. Man, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I almost left Jonathan Beasley off this. Honestly, I, I don't know why. I just kind of just he doesn't really get talked about a ton. Honestly, so he's he's a really underrated quarterback. But I mean, Skylar Thompson's definitely got a strong case, but. I mean, it just—I think it all depend what happens this year. I'm inclined to agree with you as well. So I think our our top four quarterbacks: Michael Bishop, Colin Klein, uh, L. Roberson, and Jonathan, Jonathan Beasley. Beasley. Now yep. that could just be nostalgia, but you know, I mean, I think it's a pretty—I think it's a pretty good list. And no disrespect to obviously Jake Waters, Skylar Thompson, and you know Josh Freeman, the other, uh, and Chad May as well, the other candidates. They're extremely important to K State history. And then. So and then move swiftly moving on. No, great, this is a great segue, and we we have to talk. That is a great segue. I was trying to figure out how to connect it, but we got to talk a little bit about Texas and KU, of course. Well, first I gotta say as ah, <laughs> oh, uh, can we just give a round of applause to KU? Just me? Am I the really? You're I'm not a gonna K clap. Stay fan. You're not gonna clap with me? No. Wow. It's KU. Wow. No. You can't. Even it's against Texas. That's the only game I'm cheering for KU. Okay. And, and like okay, as as because Kansas has been losing a lot. Like okay, I can get behind Kansas beating Texas just to humil just to humiliate them. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like rooting against KU. You're just like beating a dead horse. Like they're already so bad. You know. I mean, it's just. Kind what of else tough. are you supposed? To, well, what may bring up the series advantage on you? Like what? What? <laughs> oh, you so you're got- gonna try and get me mad about that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess that's true. But we uh we'll go ahead and play, you know, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about it was a, this is probably like an all-time great game. I mean, KU's offense looked really good. They were really good on third down. Jalen Daniels and Devin Neal. Devin Neal looks for real. He looks like a really good running back. Texas can't decide on their quarterback situation. I do not know what's going on there. It is just so weird. Not not only that, but funny enough, um with Bajon Robinson injured and oh, guess who in, guess who he in, guess who uh injured Bajon? It was Gavin Potter. Oh, really? It was Gavin Potter. But, yeah, t- Kansas just took the advantage uh, uh, early on just against a depleted Texas team. How did 35-14 to 14 lead at halftime? 35-14? to 14? Yeah. Now, they were trying to choke the game away by making some dumb decisions. But uh, I'll, I'll just say it's a big win for, for Kansas. Uh, we'll see how they do against TCU this weekend. But, I mean, Texas, I mean, if you're, if you're going to the SEC, have fun being the next Vanderbilt out here because – you, you, I mean, you lost it. You lost to Kansas. That that's just an all all time low, uh, and the and the funny thing is, is that these, some of these coaches come from Alabama. Yeah, and they lose to Kansas. I mean, yeah, that's I, I don't a, know. That's all I gotta say on that. that. That's pretty tough. And I mean, the decision to go for two in overtime was, you know, gotta give respect to the KU coach for that. And here is the KU radio guy giving the final call on the win there. Obviously, 
you got to be pretty excited. You know, 13 years you're traveling to Big 12 road games and you've lost every single time, and you finally managed to get a win. Here's the call. Three receiver sets. Casey, the fullback, lining up wide to the left. Lassiter and Arnold wide right. Now they motion Casey over. Daniels in the gun. He looks right. He's flushed out of the pocket to the right. Throwing on the run. It's caught. It's caught. Casey. And Kansas will win. Holy cow. Jared Casey with the play of his life. And the Jayhawks take down Texas. From Plainville, Kansas to Austin, Texas. J.D. threw it to his right in the breadbasket. And he pulled it in. What a play. What a game. And, of course, with the thrill of victory, there's the agony of defeat. And I managed to find the Texas radio call who he somehow managed to keep his composure, which I definitely have a lot of respect for. Here's the call from uh, Texas' side of things on the same play. Has the snap. Back to throw. Looks. Being chased. Rolls right. Throws for the end zone. It's caught. And Kansas wins it. The tight end strikes again. Kansas wins it. 57-56. In overtime, one more time, the Logwarns had Daniels on the run. One more time, they couldn't finish it. Ovia Gofu looked like he was held. It wasn't called. And coming up with the game-winning two-point conversion. Yeah, definitely a tough one to have to call. I feel pretty bad for him. Now, we're going to go ahead and head to hear a word from Tanners, then we'll get into what's going on around the Big 12 and try and talk a little bit about basketball with what time we have left. And we're back on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Now looking around the Big 12, what other games are going on Saturday? Texas playing West Virginia. Texas trying to break their five-game losing streak on the road against West Virginia. Can they do it? Nope. They're just completely giving up, uh, just not just not seeing it from, from them. They just look very depleted. Uh, and add to that that they don't have Bajon anymore. Yeah, I that- think West Virginia will be a little bit more – I, I think they're going to take it more seriously, especially now that it's in, it's in Morgantown. So I got West Virginia. Yeah, and then Oklahoma State going to Texas Tech. Texas Tech now bowl eligible after a huge win against Iowa State. Can they pull off the upset at home against Oklahoma State? I think their offense is starting to finally connect with Donovan Mitchell now, who I believe is their quarterback. But Oklahoma State's defense is just so good. Really good. I, I got to go Oklahoma State. Uh, they're, they're heading into Bedlam pissed. Yeah, they're I can't blame the, can't blame you taking pissed. Oklahoma State there. Now, TCU is hosting Kansas. They're trying to bounce back after an embarrassing 63-17 to loss to Oklahoma State. KU riding high on their first Big 12 road game win since 2008. Boy, riding high, that sounds very rare. <laughs> Did, should I – was that a poor choice of words? No, just <laughs> it was very war- rare for, for – Coming out of Kansas. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but okay. coming, 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 riding high from a South Dakota three-point win. <laughs> TCU only a twenty-one point favorite in that game, and then Iowa State, Oklahoma. After a strong start, Iowa State two pretty bad losses to West Virginia and Texas Tech, two very winnable games. OU's trying to bounce back from their 27-14 loss to Baylor, which all but crushes their hopes of a playoff berth. But they've still got a shot at the Big 12 uh, championship. Who are you going to take there? Iowa State OU. Battle between two disappointments. Uh, I got to go Oklahoma. I think they bounce back just high-powered offense. I think it's going to be a close game, but Oklahoma. And I think you also got a question. Has Matt Campbell reached a ceiling at Iowa State? Because they came in with, like, the best team uh in school history, and all they can do is four. It's like six and four, but 
Yeah, oh, it's, well. it's 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 kind of tough to tell. Yeah, it's a little weird with that whole situation. But getting into the Big 12 standings very quickly, we now have a tie up top. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both at 6-1 and one in Big 12 play. Baylor at a sneaky third place at 8-2. and two. But there's a very clear top five in the Big 12 with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State, and K-State. K-State at number five now with 4-3 and three in conference play tied with Iowa State. But the way Iowa State's been looking right now, you'd think K-State might be the better team right now just – Based on how they play, obviously, you know, Iowa State won the head-to-head, but that was earlier in the year. And then go ahead and getting into the uh, the headlines for what else is going on in K-State sports. The volleyball team last night played Texas, was swept 0-3. Holly Bonde and Alita Carter both got 10 kills, but Katie Fernholz was the leader in blocks with only two. K-State was only hitting 1-0-99, excuse me, for the entire game. John, is that bad? Uh, it's just, well, for a typical <laughs> volleyball match, you have to look at a lot of negative stuff. And just seeing some just seeing some of the uh, misuses K-State had, especially the service errors, uh, that definitely came into play. I mean, it's number two, Texas, so I wasn't anticipating anything too big because Texas has just been looking really good all year, all year looking like a national championship contender. We'll see how K-State does in about three minutes from now. Yep, should be a good one. Yeah, they play Texas in about three minutes before they end their season next Friday and Saturday at home against KU. Now, John, it's been a really big breath of fresh air to see both of our basketball teams doing a lot better than they did last year. Women's basketball team crushed all three of their preseason WNIT games. They beat UT Martin, Western Kentucky, North Carolina A&T, all by double digits. Ayoka Lee dominant in those last two games, 33-12-4 against Western Kentucky. That's four steals. And then 31 points, 13 rebounds, seven blocks against North Carolina A&T. And they're currently on the road against NC State, and they are losing 42-32, to and they're about to start the third quarter. And then you mentioned it earlier, John, uh, Deuce Vaughn is semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award for nation's best running back. He's among four running backs yep. in the Big 12 in contention. Alongside probably, probably three now with Bajon Robinson out for the year. So. Yeah, he's still but, he's still on the semifinals list. But him, Abram Smith, Brees Hall, and Iowa State, I mean, we weren't lying when we said there were some really special running backs in the Big 12. Kind of looking into the year, you kind of expected Letty Brown, Kennedy Brooks to make some noise. Abram Smith out, out, out here from in the middle of nowhere just – coming out and representing Baylor. Yeah, we've got about uh, a minute left here, John. So K-State wins 79-64 over Omaha. Go ahead and give me a couple of your takeaways from that game. Uh, great start, 15-5 uh, to 5 with the likes of McGill, Pack, um, really hitting their strides. Uh, the new transfers played great as well. Mike McGurl struggled at times, um, but I'm uh, just – the first two games wasn't pretty, but – Surely he'll he'll get some things going. Uh, big game coming up against Arkansas. I've seen Arkansas a little bit, fam- and uh, K State has a potential to make some noise in Kansas City. Yeah, that would be really cool, especially get a win. You know, if oh, Illinois wins, get a chance to play Illinois. You know, Bruce Weber's former place of coaching. And Brad Underwood. Yeah, Brad Underwood used to be at K State. Yeah, you know, all the connections in the world. Yeah, it should be a really fun game. You know, Selton, but I mean, even though Mike McGurl's not playing well, you see Selton McGill and Nigel Pack. Ishmael Sood led the team in points with 15. You know, I mean, it was a really strong game for the entire K State crew. And it's a really versatile squad. Those three transfers are really 
coming up huge by, for the Cavs. And by the way, don't make the uh, don't make the score like uh, 15 points was not was not like how cl- how close yeah. to even what the score was because K State dominated. Yeah, that's another uh, thing as through, well. Trying to the second half. having to finish strong as well will definitely be the key. But that wraps up our show. Thank you so much for listening to the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. The intro song is "I Feel the Power" by Mountaineer. We will take next week off, but the week after that, we'll talk about K State's bowl possibilities, the Big Twelve Championship, men's basketball team, whatever else pops into our beautiful brains.